Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on select Fridays in May, each film touches upon artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, kicking off with Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro on May 10th at NortonSimon.org. You have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from Alleist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes, too, when you donate now at laist.com slash sweeps. LAist Studios. After 118 days, the longest strike in the history of the Screen Actors Guild is over. This is How to LA. I'm your host, Brian De Los Santos. The strike officially ended at 12.01 a.m. yesterday after the Actors Union and the group representing film and television studios reached a tentative agreement on a new contract on Wednesday. People in the industry rejoiced on social media. And, of course, there were memes too, like the Americana at Brian account tweeting a doctored image of the SAG headquarters with white smoke billowing out from the roof. The big issues at stake included wage increases, protections against artificial intelligence, and a share in revenue for streaming content. There's still a lot that isn't known about the deal, and SAG's members still need to vote on it. It's expected that the Guild will get a look at the full contract starting later today or early next week. This obviously impacts many folks, like actors and staff at studios, but also contractors. Later in the episode, we check back in with Pamela Elier, who owns the prop shop History for Hire in North Hollywood, and hear how she managed with writers and actors on strike for so many months. But first, let's talk about what we do know about the tentative contract with the latest reporter, Robert Garova. He's been covering the Hollywood strike since the Writers Guild first hit the picket line back in May. So according to SAG-AFTRA's statement, which came out when they announced the tentative agreement, they said that this deal is valued at over $1 billion. And they also said it includes compensation increases, uh, a bonus for streaming. Uh, there's going to be increases in pension and healthcare caps if all this gets approved, um, raises for background performers, and um, a little little cryptic at the end, but they said provisions to protect diverse communities, um, mm. which could be interesting to see the, the details of that. Do you know anything about that? No, not yet. Nobody nobody knows anything until uh, at the very earliest, I think, in the next couple of days or so, but people definitely want to know. And also, we should note that, uh, you know, the the big studios, uh, their group, the AMPTP, seemed pretty happy with it, too, calling the, the new agreement a new paradigm is what they called it. Interesting. I feel like one of the biggest thinking points we've heard throughout this, you know, back and forth is the use of artificial intelligence. What do we know about where that ended? Yeah, it's true. I mean, from the beginning, uh, performers were fighting for protections around AI um, and you know, not so much AI necessarily, but also the use of digital replicas, you know. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the strike, uh, SAG after President Fran Drescher said actors were in danger of losing their jobs to machines. Um, so she came out very stark, you know, uh, about how important the AI provisions were going to be. 
And what we have is, is not a whole lot, but it seems like uh, the actors got something in the statement. Uh, the negotiator said um, that the terms have unprecedented provisions for consent and compensation that will protect members from the threat of AI. So we'll see what that means in, in the coming days, but um, it seems like they got at least part of what they wanted there. Yeah, that's been a huge topic. You've also been covering the immediate reactions from actors. Uh, what have you been hearing? So I'm sure you've seen a lot of the reactions on social media. There's oh, been yeah. um, a lot of elation and uh, teary eyes and, um, you know, people happy that that this months long, you know, double strike is um, looks like coming to an end. Um, I, I texted with someone this morning who I've been kind of going back and forth with since the beginning of all of this. And he said that, you know, people like him that are, you know, have been intimately involved with the process. Uh, he said they are waiting with bated breath, not partying. Um, so, you know, I think some people out there definitely want to see with the details of the deal before they go out and have drinks uh, in the middle of the day. Um, uh, you know, he also said that, you know, he's bracing for possibly some disappointments. Um, it's the nature of how all of this goes. Um, so, you know, he's he's holding off on his glass of whiskey uh, until he sees what's what's actually in the details. Just hearing what the SAG leadership and the AMPTP have said about the deal, it kind of sounds like both parties are pleased, but what's a what's the general sense that you're getting? Yeah, the the SAG after negotiators in their statement were pretty cheery. Uh, their words, uh, some of them were above pattern uh, when referring to what, what they had gotten unprecedented. Um, and, you know, we should note that they also voted unanimously to recommend this tentative deal to members, which would seem to be a good sign. Um, and, you know, and on the studio side, uh, the AMPTP said that the tentative agreement would represent a new paradigm and, quote, the biggest contract on contract gains in the history of the union. So from the statements, it would seem that both sides are, are ready to go on this. Um, but again, you know, it's, it's going to ultimately be up to uh, members in the coming days to, to ratify this. Robert, you've been covering the strikes since the beginning. What are some of the things that you've heard throughout you know, the two strikes, um, and, and it wasn't just the two strikes that were happening here in L.A., there were other worker strikes that were happening, but yeah. specifically these two strikes, what did you hear throughout, you know, people's stories of, of not only financial impact, but also personal impact? Yeah, um, my colleague, uh, Caitlin Hernandez, has been talking with folks, uh, as have I, pretty much since the beginning. A couple of the ones that stick out for me is um, there was a set builder who he makes like a lot of the spaceships that are in some of the, the new Star Wars shows, things a lot of people have probably seen. Mm. Um, you know, he was telling me that he was tens of thousands of dollars in debt since the beginning of the writer's strike. And, you know, he's pretty angry uh, at what he felt like was a real disparity between, you know, the haves and the haves nots and the haves in his in his mind were the studios. I also talked with a, a early career editor who was, you know, selling off her prize possessions, going to swap meets and, you know, taking on jobs, Ubering and getting roommates. So people were struggling, you know, and, and my colleague Caitlin even spoke with someone who decided that they were going to have to move because of, you know, the financial impact of the strike. So definitely hit a lot of folks uh, in the last several months. Now that the picketing has stopped, what comes next in making the deal final and within, you know, actors in the industry, uh, folks um, getting back to work? sag after is saying that the full details of the agreement won't be released until they're uh, reviewed by their national board. Um, you know, but like you said, the, as of now, the strike is suspended. The picket lines are closed. I happened to drive by the Warner Brothers lot 
uh, earlier today. And it is a little bit sad in some ways because there's not so much energy outside those gates anymore. But um, yeah, everybody's cleared out and uh, no more picketing. So now that the deal has been reached uh, for people outside the industry, consumers like me and you, you know, TV and film watchers, will people see a change? What do you think is going to happen? You know, I know, you know, film releases that were planned. Dune was one of the big ones. The second Dune, you know, film releases that were planned were already pushed back. So, you know, hopefully we won't see more things pushed back. I know a lot of it is going to have to deal with, um, you know, the studios wanting to have uh, actors able to talk about their work. And that's why some of the things got pushed back. But now actors are out there. I've already seen, you know, some actors tweeting about their current and upcoming projects. Um, So, yeah, I think that's the most immediate thing is you're going to see the actors getting back out there doing marketing for, for their projects. Well, Robert, thank you so much for this update. Thanks a lot, Brian. After the break, we'll hear from a long running Hollywood prop house and how they're handling the changes. Support for LAS comes from Latino Theater Company at the Los Angeles Theater Center presenting American Mariachi by Jose Cruz Gonzalez. It's the 1970s and women can't be mariachis. Or can they? American Mariachi is a feel-good comedy about familia, amor, and tradición that will send your heart soaring and put a bounce in your step with a wave of vibrant, infectious live music. On stage through June 9th, tickets and information at latinotheaterco.org. Support for LAist comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies, held on select Fridays in May. Each film touches upon Spanish artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, including Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro and The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie by Luis Buñuel. Screenings are at 4.30 p.m. on four consecutive Fridays starting May 10th. More information at nortonsimon.org. And we're back. Pamela Elier has co-owned the Prop House History for Hire for 40 years. They've worked on props for Platoon and Titanic and Forrest Gump, and most recently, the Martin Scorsese film Killers of the Flower Moon. We spoke with her during the summer about how she was managing as both the writers and actor strikes dragged on. It takes decades to become a great prop maker, and it takes decades to become a good prop house and have a a good product come out. I would hate to see all that disappear because people can't afford to stay in business. So we wanted to go back and ask her how she feels now that the Hollywood strikes are officially over. Well, you know, it's funny. We we had a meeting with our staff today. Uh, We were out yesterday uh, when the uh, strike actually was, was resolved. And so we came in today to meet our staff, and it's only part staff because we're on work share, so we're all working part-time because there's just not a lot of work. And here, I thought I would feel this tremendous elation and, and relief, and all I feel is tired, mm-hmm. and all they feel is tired. You know, and I, one of the big discussions we had this morning was, hey, when, when do you want to come back working full-time? Because they're on three-day week, four-day week. They said, like, oh, let's do this a little longer. Let's take a little bit more time off until we know exactly how things are going to turn out. I know the details aren't out yet with the contract, but do you feel like as the industry as a whole, you can move forward or is that something you're still waiting on? Well, I, you know, I don't know the, the details either of exactly what the new contract is like and how that will change things. I mean, AI certainly affects what, what we do. 
you know, we rent crops. We rent three-dimensional items. So once those get scanned and if they don't need to rent them from us anymore, that, that would be a tremendous problem. I just hope everybody got what they needed. You know, this certainly was not a, a strike that was not without pain for a lot of people and sacrifice. And I think a lot of people who sacrificed on this are ones that are not going to immediately benefit from the contract because we're not SAG, we're not WGA, but um, our clients certainly are. Talking about WGA, um, when that strike ended, did you get any studio come knocking? Be like, hey, this is going to be in development. We don't have the actors yet, but this might come through. Can you think about this? Can you give us an estimate? Did, did those conversations begin? The interesting thing about when the WGA contract was signed we really thought we would see an uptick in business. We actually had less. Wow. It was actually much, much slower. And uh, a few shows that we had, these were rather big shows that needed to start this year. They kept pushing like two weeks here, one week there. Uh, one very big show we're doing back east has gotten pushed into 2024. You mentioned in August that you maybe were having to let go of a few more people. How did it shake out through the strikes? When we first knew that the strike was going to happen, um, we laid off two full-time staff and two part-time staff, and that was heartbreaking. We all took huge pay cuts, and we went on work share where the staff would work not a full week. They work part week, and the days they don't work, they collect unemployment through the state of California. I know you mentioned the AI earlier and how that might impact your work and your business. Do you expect the landscape of for the demand of props and, and filmmaking to go back where it was before the strikes? I think initially it'll seem like business as usual, but I do feel that it will change profoundly uh, for a lot of different reasons. Um, and not necessarily just technological reasons because of AI and the different kinds of films they're making. But because what we go through as small business owners in Los Angeles and in California, this is a very expensive state to do business in. The rents are very high. And uh, if there is not the volume of work to sustain the rents and the salaries we need to pay, then the choice has to be made whether you relocate somewhere like Georgia or whether you just liquidate your assets, maybe, you know, auction off all your props. I'm sure that's something that you don't really want to do. I'm I'm assuming you want to stay in business, right? I I would very much like to stay in business. I like what we do. And I think what we do is important, that we have a good product. And I like being part of the team that makes these films. I like the research. I like coming up with just the right prop that inspires the director and the actor. But I think to be totally realistic... Um, it is not an even playing ground. And so, you know, at a certain point, you, you've just, you've got to call it. And I know that there are some other prop house owners that are probably feeling very similar. You know, interestingly enough, in, in the 1970s and 80s is when a majority of the prop house uh, the studios sold off their prop houses and their collections because they wanted to use the space on the lot for something different. So you're looking at a lot of businesses that started in the 70s and the 80s. So these businesses are anywhere from, you know, 30 to 50 years old. You think about the people who own them that are kind of hitting that age and how many people are really motivated to keep working at this same thing. There's something else Pam has been working on during this time, setting up a business interruption fund for those folks who are not in the unions, but who have been adversely impacted by these strikes. 
One of the things that, that I've, I've learned from the pandemic, and I've certainly learned from the strike, is, is the need for government intervention to keep small businesses going in California and even in the U.S. I'm meeting with a group right now for the Valley Industry and Commerce Association. It's their local office holders luncheon. And one of the things I want to talk about is a business interruption fund. We're in our industry when these strikes happen, and there are those of us who are not going to benefit from the strikes. We're, we're not in those particular unions. Some way that we can get some funding, some help, some kind of grants, so we can continue to pay our bills and be there on the other end when it comes time to make new movies and new TV shows. One thing that's been really interesting about this strike is, is you have a whole group of people, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that are used to working 10 to 16 hour days, coming up with the impossible, um, working really, really hard at their craft. And, you know, you take us out of circulation, you, you stop us from doing that. And just how, how we feel so sidelined, so not used. And you're, you're sitting there going, gosh, my skills don't really translate to other things. This is, this is what I know how to do. So when the talk always comes up like, well, you could pivot, you could take another job. It's like, no, you can't pivot. You cannot take another job. That's a very important point. Pam, thank you so much for your time today and good luck. I appreciate you talking to me. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. That's Pam Elier from the Prop House History for Hire. Thanks to her and LA's Robert Garoba for coming on the show today. We'll have more LA's coverage linked in the show notes. Have a great weekend and stay tuned on Monday for a new episode of How to LA. This episode was produced by Monica Bushman and Victoria Alejandro. Our other team members are Evan Jacoby, Megan Botel, and Erica Washington. Our engineer is Hasmik Pagosian. Our executive producer is Megan Larson. And I'm your host, Brian De Los Santos. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.